The first reading is from Paul's letter to Colossians, chapter 3, starting at verse 12. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body, you are called to peace. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom, and as you sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Hear the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Luke chapter 2, starting at verse 41. Glory Glory to you, O Lord. Every year, Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem for the feast of the Passover. When he was 12 years old, they went up to the feast according to the custom. After the feast was over, while his parents were returning home, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem, but they were unaware of it. Thinking he was in their company, they traveled on for a day. Then they began looking for him among their relatives and friends. When they did not find him, they went back to Jerusalem to look for him. After three days, they found him in the temple courts, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. Everyone who heard him was amazed at his understanding and his answers. When his parents saw him, they were astonished. His mother said to him, Son, why have you treated us like this? Your father and I have been anxiously searching for you. Why were you searching for me, he asked. Didn't you know I had to be in my father's house? But they did not understand what he was saying to them. Then he went down to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them. But his mother treasured all these things in her heart, and Jesus grew in wisdom and stature, and in favor with God and men. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, O Christ. A message for this Christmas season. I might summarize it like this. Remember 
whose you are and remember whom you serve. It was 40 years ago that the Dogs Trust started the now well-known slogan, a dog is not for Christmas, it is for life. And it kind of begs the question about what makes a good Christmas. How do we celebrate this Christmas season, this 12 days from Christmas Day until the Epiphany? Maybe for a dog, at its best, Christmas is a beginning of a positive, lifelong, caring relationship. For our homeless neighbors, Maybe Christmas is a warm meal, a secure bed for the night, and the appropriate counseling that helps to open up a hope for a better future. How about ourselves? Maybe carols as an expression of our love and worship to God. Maybe friends and family reunited helping and encouraging one another. And maybe time away from the usual things to stand back and reflect and be grateful for all that God has given us. Those last three, uh, worship, one another, and gratitude, are very much themes from today's epistle. They stand out as being... Um, the lifestyle to which the people of Jesus are called, as St. Paul explains it. And thankfully, one of our friends kindly sent us a card specifying that we hope it will be a time of worship, family, and much thanksgiving. Thank you, Ruth and Hugh, for that. It summarized beautifully this morning's sermon. Because these three themes are the character, the clothing, the uniform of the Christian life. Because Jesus lived an earthly life, we are brought into that family likeness to live the same. We who are the new chosen people of God, as verse 12 of Colossians says. We are holy, set apart. We are dearly loved. Therefore, clothe yourself. Put on the uniform appropriate to that holy calling. And verse 16 particularly stands out. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom. The old word was edify, building each other up. Notice and care for one another in that way. Forgiving, loving, bearing with very practical, caring for one another within the family, our own family, but within the family where Jesus is the elder brother. But also a life not only of one another, but of adoration going on in verse 16. As you sing psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, in brackets, and carols, close brackets, with gratitude in your hearts to God. We don't do enough singing well, deliberately we don't sing here, but there's something inherently Christian about singing to the glory of God 
and carols at Christmas break in to that and invite us. Oh, come, let us adore him, Christ the Lord. And then, yes, gratitude at the end of verse 15. And be thankful. Verse 17, whatever you do, whatever you do, do it all in the name of the Lord, giving thanks to God the Father through him. A signature tune for the Christian lifestyle. Gratitude in every fiber of our being arising from Christmas and the God who came to us. We were in Scotland for a chunk of the last month and we went to the Abernethy Nature Reserve, a very large, rambling, wooded area. We came home and the following day watched Countryfile in which a young boy was enthusing about what he does with his dad in trying to conserve a particular insect that lives in the Abernethy Nature Reserve. He was an amazing boy. He knew everything about this insect and he enthused about it. And it made me wonder what David Attenborough looked like aged 12. He had something of the same intensity and character about him. And it made me wonder what Jesus looked like aged 12. What was it like to see the fullness of God in human form as in the person of Jesus? What was that like? Because that life, God is for life, not just for Christmas, was there in Jesus to be looked at and to be appreciated that we might become part of that life. That life and that lifestyle which spread all the way through the Roman world from that first Christmas. That life and lifestyle which in the 20th century has spread across many parts of China, for example, and where despite some government disapproval, Christmas was celebrated with joy this year. And we too have been touched by this life, led into this lifestyle through the Christmas celebrations. We celebrate it all over again. The creed, uh, the creed writer makes it fascinatingly clear when he talks about light from light. The early Christians described Jesus as in every respect one with God as the rays of sunlight are one with the sun itself. Jesus, the full expression of God's character, shining out into our darkness. And Jane Williams, a contemporary writer, puts it like this. The child of Bethlehem is not a new God, but the one true God, our creator. What we see in Jesus is the fullness of the character of God. And our gospel reading, therefore, gives us a glimpse of what that looks like. Jesus in the Jewish temple, the place where for his contemporaries, supremely heaven and earth interconnect. His parents had taken him there as usual, age 12. It was the Jewish Passover. It may also have been his coming of age bar mitzvah ceremony. And on the day after, 
they wandered home as a family and suddenly realized, where is Jesus? They wandered back, probably more quickly, searching anxiously for him. And the third day, they found him in the temple, the place where heaven and earth meet. The one who himself would succeed that temple where heaven and earth meet. And the verbs in Luke's account are fascinating. Sitting, listening, questioning, understanding, answering. Amazing, astonishing. After that, Jesus went home with his parents, an obedient 12-year-old, developing physically, growing in wisdom and in relationship with God and neighbor. And then Luke gives us this dramatic verbal exchange, packed with human feeling and good theology. Mary's question to her son and Jesus' gently chiding response. Verse 48 of chapter 2. Son, why have you treated us like this? Your father and I were anxiously searching for you. And Jesus' reply, which Mary cannot grasp, but only for the moment ponder. Verse 50. As though saying, Jesus saying to us, to her and to us, remember which father we're talking about. Mary, remember whose child I am. Didn't you know I had to be in my father's house? Mary pondered these words, and we do well to do the same. God is for life, not just for Christmas. The collect speaks of Jesus sharing our humanity so that we might share his divinity. The preface to the Eucharistic prayer that we shall use talks about Jesus being without sin, that he might make us clean from all sin. The post-communion prayer will pray that he shared in Nazareth the life of an earthly home to bring us at last to our home in heaven. And we might add in the light of the epistle and also to transform our earthly homes and our family life together by his very living presence. So maybe as we think about the identity of Jesus as he reveals himself in these suggestive words. Maybe we can also ask ourselves, maybe as we lie in bed at night, whose we are, whom do we serve, we who are personally children of the Heavenly Father through Jesus, and corporately, we are together the family of God that we may develop the family likeness of our Father in heaven and be drawn to worship and here to worship, to care for one another, 
to engage with and to build one another up and to be filled at this Eucharist, this Thanksgiving service, to be filled with gratitude for all that God is in Christ and for all that the year past has been. We think about whose we are and whom we serve as we work our way through the Christmas season into a new year.